Hello and welcome to The Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast. I'm Simon and I love One Tree Hill. Dom is going to be in here soon, but we are honoured tonight to have the legend that is Barbara Allen Woods. Barbara, thank you so much and welcome to the podcast. So excited to be here. I feel like I've been wanting to do this for so long and here we are finally. Well, it's uh, it's pretty mind blowing and humbling um, for to have you here. It's uh, it's it's amazing, um, and we've got so much to talk about. I mean, you're somewhere uh, away getting ready and filming something new that hopefully we can talk a little bit about. Um, but we're going to sort of do this in reverse. So normally we would start about you know how you got into acting and sort of go through all of that and how you you know, ended up in One Tree Hill, but we're going to start from after season two um, and and go back to that when Dom joins, if that's okay. okay um, that good. So you became a, a regular in like the second half of like season one going into season two, right? Well, okay. So here's the story. Um, I was on another show called American Dreams and they had hired me on a recurring basis for that. And I I had a baby, Emily, my middle daughter, and maybe TMI, but you'll find out very soon that I'm just kind of like, I, I, uh, I kind of like put my world out there and I don't really have a filter. So I was nursing mm-hmm. and um, I had this baby and I was working full time and I got this audition for One Tree Hill. And I thought, well, there's just no way. First of all, they're shooting in North Carolina. There's no way I can go with the baby or without the baby. I mean, I'm just like too stuck to my daughter. There's no way I can do this. I can't travel right now. And I'm on a show, so it's cool. So I had turned the audition down. And then over my lunch, I was um, shooting at American Dreams. Um, over lunch, I read the script I read the audition sides I didn't even read the entire script I just read the sides and there was this beautiful monologue and I just fell in love with it instantly and I thought I've got to go in on this and you know these days a lot of actors are putting themselves on tape um, which would have been easy enough to do like that night get home from work I'm already in hair and makeup just put myself on tape but then I mean you have to go in and I was off the next day, and I thought, well, maybe this is a sign. Maybe I should go in on this. So I quickly put it in my brain, went in. It was only for the casting director, and it just felt right. It just felt so good. It just felt like it was a part of me. I, I don't know if that's ever happened to me before, reading a role. It just felt perfect. And I thought, okay, well, if this goes further, I'll just have to work it out. And it did go further, and then... I heard that I was in the mix, meaning they had a few people they were considering. Um, But the next step was they told me that they were going to hire a local, a local Mm -hmm. hire for this role. And at the time, she was just a guest star. She wasn't a regular. She didn't even really have an arc. She was just coming in maybe for maybe three episodes, something, a small arc. And I was so pissed (laughs) because I love the role and I thought you know what I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a local I'm gonna fly myself out there I'm going to find somebody I know who I can move in with and call myself a local and I'm gonna see if they could hire me as a local I'm gonna go audition I'm 
I'm showing up. And I told my manager, she said, you can't do that. And I said, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm, I'm going out. I'm going to read for this. And so sure enough, I went out, and they saw some locals, and then they read me, and I read with Paul, and we clicked like crazy, and next thing I heard, they were hiring me. And so they it was sort of like a gray area. They, they hired me as a local, and then in a couple episodes, they were asking me to be a regular. Wow. And yeah, then the rest, like I had no idea this would go on for nine years, but... <laughs> Yeah. So follow your heart. I just have this instinct. That's that, amazing. That's, that's so amazing. Point. Yeah. What? What? Yeah. What a great message, and that you know you have to go go after these things. And yeah. your uh, your synergy with Paul Johansson definitely. There's so much uh, natural chemistry there that is uh, so amazing to to see in the show, and you get such great like sort of dark humor moments as well that sort of carry. Uh, carry throughout um, I mean did I, I assume that these were sort of some of your like favorite scenes to do over the years oh without a doubt I mean that you might know better than I do what season that was but all of the the pranks that we were playing on each other I mean we just had such a great working relationship um, I don't know I don't know what it is like you know he knew I wouldn't take shit from him <laughs> and we both respected each other and we both come from the same sort of old fashioned school of showing up, you know, completely prepared and running lines. And I, I don't know, it was just this a absolute mutual respect for each other. And it was just something very easy. It just came very easy to both of us. Um, I loved it. Oh my God. What season was that? Do you know? Uh, I think it was like maybe yeah or maybe even earlier like maybe season okay. three maybe yeah. we're not we're not there yet so the writers just went for it i mean it just kept getting nuttier and nuttier and we loved it and what i loved the most on probably in any job um and i'm experiencing that right now too and i love it i love being in a drama where i'm a little bit of the comic relief and Deb, at the beginning, was part of the drama. She was pretty darn dramatic. I mean, she had a lot going on. But later on, she she became, I wouldn't, I don't know, she kind of like went downhill a little bit and <laughs> became sort of the funny character. And I think that's why people loved her. Um, and she stopped taking herself so seriously and she became more relatable and she was imperfect and... Um, I don't know. I, I it was an amazing show, an amazing character, and I miss that character every day. Well, well, can I ask you on that? So your character's progression was kind of crazy, like in a great way. But it's yeah. but Deb started as very like quite conservative at the beginning in season yeah, very, one, right? Yeah. Um, like worked away, worked for charity, so on and so forth, and then as it went further on, further on, further on, she became yeah, like you said, a bit more you know, all over the place. Um, and was did, did, was that outlined to you like near the beginning or were they just sort of responding to how you were portraying it or like? I don't know. I think that I, I have a feeling that Mark and the writers just sort of saw that I was game and that I was embracing some of the wackier moments. And um, I, I mean, there was some pretty 
crazy things. I, I even think some, some of the scenes were so crazy, I think they were written out. I think the network said no. Um, I think I got, I don't know, I think I got lice at some point. Was that, was that in the show? Uh, I, don't I don't think so. Um, some scenes were written out. Like, it was just too much. But they knew I was always game. Like, like come on, more. Give me more. Give me more. I, want, I can handle this. You know, getting on the internet, the, you know, all the, the stuff mm-hmm. I was doing, like flashing. The, I was just like, yeah, the funnier the better. And so I think that they just embraced that. I also think that they saw the way the fans were reacting to it. And everybody always wanted Paul or Dan and Deb to end up together, ultimately. And so there was this love-hate relationship, and I think people really you know, loved them together and hated them together, you know? The last scene, oh, I'm, can, can I talk about stuff? Yeah, yeah, you? yeah, this is exactly right. You can talk all about this stuff now, and then when Dom okay. comes on, we can't. So let's talk okay. all about it, yeah. Yeah, so the scene where he's in bed, and they had brought me back to sort of say goodbye by his side in the hospital, that was a really hard scene to shoot because we were saying goodbye to nine years as well. Um, the director at the time was one of our producers and we were, I mean, I looked around, everybody was crying. It was, it was really sad. I mean, it's almost a decade that we spent together. I mean, that's big for a TV show. Yeah. And, you know, all of us, you know, we were single, we got married, we had kids, our, all of our families knew each other. I mean, we were all pretty tight. Yeah, I mean, that's massive. I mean, most people don't stay in a job, you know, a regular job for more than like two or three years, but to yeah. be almost at a decade, that's massive. Yeah, exactly. I mean, do you have a particular favorite season of the show, like a, a favorite year for yourself, or is it hard to sort of make that judgment? Not hard at all. That would be the year for sure, where Paul and I were playing, Dan and Deb were playing tricks on each other. And I, I don't know which season that is, but... Um, I remember racing home to look at my script to see what we were going to do next. The scene, you know, getting in the bed with the taser and the (laughs) phone getting stuck to my ear. And it was just all the comedic stuff. Um, I sort of come from comedy. So to be in a very serious show and then get to do all of this comedic stuff was just a pleasure for me. It was so much fun. We never stopped laughing. And Paul is such a funny guy. Really seriously. Well, you know now. You've met him. Really seriously, right? One of the funniest uh, guys I've ever met. His hilarious. dry humor. And he, his humor's so dry, he would, you know, just sneak a joke in and then just look at me because he knew I was his audience. Mm-hmm. I was going to laugh at everything. And we didn't, you know, we didn't have a lot of, like, intimate scenes, but when we did have to kiss, it was hysterical. We just couldn't stop laughing. Um, he was a good friend. Yeah, he, he he's great. He's... Um... He's, yeah, he's been a really great advocate for the podcast. Well, um, did did you keep any props or anything from your time in the show, like any mementos that are special? I had some jeans that were amazing. Um, they were my favorite jeans. They were low-waisted. They had like a little rip on them, and now they have like three rips on them because they were washed so many times. And at the end, I took those jeans and I said, I am going to always be able to get into these jeans. I'm never going to grow out of these jeans. And I still wear those jeans. I put patches on them. Um, and other than that, you know, I don't know if you know about this poster that I sort of organized at the beginning. Um, there's the, 
there is the, it was PR, but it was a photo of all the kids lying back and they, they're all sort of intertwined. Well, I did the same, but with the adults. So I did it with Craig and Paul and Moira and Barry. Yeah. And we were, have you seen that? Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Well, I have stacks of them. That's... And so I saved those and I thought I'm gonna, you know, maybe I'll give them to you. I'll, I have stacks of them. I'm not home, I'm in Toronto, but um, I, I always say I'm gonna do something with those, but I saved them and I thought, okay, this has gotta go for a worthy cause somewhere, so. Well, may, yeah, maybe we could do something to uh, promote promote it for charity or something. That would be uh... amazing. I would love to get those to you. Okay. Well, yeah, that would be yeah. awesome. We'd love to do that. Anything for any cause that, you know, is special okay. to you. We'd love to do yeah, that. That'd be amazing. Nice. I would love that. Yeah. Well, um, I have some questions from, uh, from some of our listeners, if that's okay. And then, uh, and then Dom will jump on, uh, in a second. <laughs> Chloe asks, what did, what did you think of Deb's character development? Like, as in, uh, as it was going along, like, were you a fan of the direction that it, that it ultimately went in? I was 100% a fan. I mean, for an actor, you never want to play the straight guy. And, you know, I got to explore. So She was so multidimensional. Um, but what I loved about her is that you always felt for her. I mean, she didn't become the bad guy. She just went the wrong direction. And I have so many loyal fans out there who... And I always hear the same thing. I always say, I can re they say, I can relate to Deb. I can relate to her. And I say, oh my gosh, like in what way? That's kind of sad if you can relate to her. But it's just the fact that she's human. And when Deb first started, she was kind of holier than thou and had advice for everybody. Um, she was just a lot more conservative. And then we find out who she really is. And so much more fun to play a character like that. Yeah, she's great. And she, it kind of almost is like Dan has made her in, into this way by, by mistreating her, but then exactly. she sort of owns it and then, you know, overcomes it. So um, I think Deb will always be a fan favorite. Yes, I think so too. And she's funny, you know, she's yes. funny. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favorite scenes, I think one of my favorite scenes was when Dan is running for mayor, right? Is that what he ran for, mayor? Yeah. And she comes out in her lingerie smoking a cigarette. Yeah. Hi, honey, you know, when you're ready. Um, you know, it's just that stuff. The writers just knew that I was up for it, and I, it was just so much fun. That picture shows up everywhere. <laughs> it's funny, with the cigarette, it shows up everywhere. I, I bet, I bet. Um, Sarah says, um, how did you feel about uh, about your character's relationship uh, with skills? Oh, uh, okay. Maybe that was my favorite season. Antoine, we had such a great time together. And his bark is so much worse than his bite. You know, he was, he read the, the episode ahead. He knew that we were going to get together. And he was like, just you wait, babe, you know, you've never seen anything until, you know, when we do, when we kiss, it's going to be like your life has ended, you know, all this stuff. And then he was such a gentleman. I mean, we had to do some pretty intimate stuff and he was so sweet. And we were the only two, well, Moira did too, but 
he had a family. He was married. He had kids. And when we got together, that's what we talked about. We talked about our kids. We talked about, you know, going home. He was going back and forth a lot, missing his kids. And so it wasn't as, like, hot and sexy as everyone thought it might be. <laughs> but we had a great relationship. We still do. We're still very close. Wait, his, uh, Antoine is actually next up on the podcast. Ah, that's great. We're just working out, like, the dates and everything. Um, but... I assume also it was probably um, a bit easier because um, sort of famously he was uh, playing down like in terms of his age that he was like older than, you know, like uh, Chad Michael Murray and James Lafferty, et cetera. So it's probably, you know, like, uh, yeah. So I assume that made it a little bit easier, right? Than if it was someone that was a lot younger. Right, right. It was strange. There was one, this might've been written out too one season where I end up with um, I think I don't know if it's I don't know if it's Nathan's school but I end up I wake up in a college dorm because I'd spent the night with one of his friends or somebody Nathan's age and then I walk out and have like the hall of shame where I have to walk down the morning after with all of these college kids and they were college kids and I'll tell you it was it was pretty awkward. You know, this is like, I just had little ones at the time. I didn't have, you know, high school kids, but still it was, it was pretty strange. I just wanted to apologize to everybody. I'm sorry. I know I'm your mother's age, but. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that wasn't in it or I am. Yeah. I don't think I, I that must've been written out. out. I'm pretty sure it was written out. And I think somewhere you can see it though. I remember someone told me it was a deleted scene, but it, it showed up somewhere. Well, this I've got to ask a couple of my own questions now. Uh, did um, ha- have have you watched the show all the way through? Like, do, or no. do you find it hard to watch like yourself, or you're okay with that? Or I don't find it hard to watch myself. I love watching anything I've done. I feel like I learn from that. Um, you know, sometimes I critique myself, but you know, I'm really not that hard on myself. I usually like what I do. I mean. It's a silly thing to say, but I'm I'm fine with it. And One Tree Hill was so great. I mean, it was written so well and lit so beautifully, and the locations were great. I, I like watching the show, um, but I've never seen it from beginning to end. Um, my daughters have. That was going to be my next question. Yes. I got, yeah. So I have three daughters. Two of them are older, and when they were 12, 13, 14, they watched the show all the way through. I had the videos. Binging wasn't a thing at the time, but they watched it from beginning to end, and they couldn't believe it. They had no idea when they were little that I was going off to work and doing those things. And now I'm with my 13-year-old, Allie, and she's going to start binging it now. Wow, that's crazy. Maybe yeah. you should watch it with her. You could I think I might. I thought about it. I thought that might be fun. We come home from work and watch One Tree Hill. And there were seasons that I wasn't in. So I, when I see these people, these actors at conventions, and we're all there, I'm like, oh, you were in the show? We never crossed. Right. So I'm looking up to see what their characters did or who, were they, who they were with. Well, uh, the second part of Sarah's question actually goes into like what you were just saying. Uh, she says this is also not show related, but uh, but knows that your that your daughters are into acting. Uh, was this through you encouraging them to to go into it, or were they naturally just wanted to do it, or you know inspired by you? Or 
Well, when I started One Tree Hill, my daughters were one in three. Wow. And um, yeah, one. Um, yeah, one in three. So um, they would come to set with me a lot. Like I said, I was like bound physically to my one-year-old. So she was showing up on set all the time. Um, and they just enjoyed it. You know, little kids show, you know, cute little girls come to set and everyone gives them candy and up on their laps and showing them around. And they see like, you know, the, the glam of it all and they want to do it. And um, when they learn to read, they would run their lines, my lines with me. And um, we were shooting in Wilmington, North Carolina, and this role came up for a five-year-old. And the producer said, does your daughter want to audition? And they had never done anything. And I asked her, and she said, yeah, for sure. And she auditioned and got it. So it was a scene with Joy. And she loved it. I even have videotape of her sitting in her trailer. And I said, you know, are you having fun? And she said, yeah, I'm going to do this. This is what I want to do. <laughs> oh, God. And then there was an agent in North Carolina who called me and said, you know, can I meet with you guys? And we met with her, and she sort of signed her, Natalie. And Emily was playing around in the background, three years old. And she said, I'll take her, too. You're up for that. <laughs> like, oh, God. And then Emily ended up booking a movie instantly. They ended up booking another movie together as sisters, and it just started. It started way back then and pretty much never stopped. Then I got pregnant had another baby during One Tree Hill, and pretty much right out of the womb, she started working. <laughs> so it wasn't, I don't say I didn't encourage it, but I didn't discourage it. Um, it's something they just really wanted to do. Like if your kid wanted to play soccer or be a cheerleader, you would encourage it. And that's what they wanted. And they still really want it. And I put it out there all the time. You know, if this is not something you want to do, you know, you, you have time. You're young enough. You can change your course. But this seems to be working out for all three of them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing. And that's that's an amazing story. Um, and I was uh, I told you when we were like arranging this that my, my wife and I were watching uh, Big Sky on Disney Plus. <laughs> we're still going through it and uh, and enjoying it loving it you know having to get you know we're a bit behind so we're like binging through yeah. them and then as I was sort of you know doing some research into into you into some of your other stuff that I didn't know about um you know one one of the main leads that one of the girl spoiler alert he gets kidnapped uh right. is your is your daughter it's amazing that's great so yeah she just finished that show and we have different last names so people don't always put us together but we have the same middle names so sometimes they think, oh, are they somehow related? Because um, I never changed my name. I kept my maiden name. But um, so she just finished Big Sky. Um, and Emily is shooting Gossip Girl in New York right now. Wow. The new book, Gossip Girl. That's crazy. We have uh, we have some friends that uh, 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 listen, Michelle. They're uh, ladies out in New York that do a Gossip Girl podcast. Oh, um, you're kidding. So they'll, they'll love that they used to do a one tree hill podcast as well um but yeah crazy but i mean it just you know the same kind of family the same sort of show gossip girl and one tree hill and so when she was cast a few 
magazines, publications reported that, you know, um, it was kind of cool that I was in One Tree Hill. And um, I'm pretty sure they were on at the same time. Or was One Tree Hill a little later? I, I think they, I'm pretty sure they were on at the same time. And they were both CW, right? I mean, we the network stuff doesn't really translate over here. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. that's right. And and Gossip Girl, I'm not sure. I'm too loyal. I'm too loyal to One Tree Hill to watch yeah, that. I love that. I love that. <laughs> I remember them. I remember sort of being in competition with them. You know, like that feeling of being in competition. So good. I love that. <laughs> well, and it just shows, I guess, like the talent runs runs in your family because. Uh, yeah, she she's great on that show uh, on Big Sky, and and as soon as I knew that she was your daughter, I can just like see all of the similarities. Like you really yeah. look similar. Um, yeah. Um, oh, and I don't want to leave out Allie, who's upstairs. So she's on this new show that we're working on together. Oh wow! Okay. Oh, I didn't know that. You're both on it. Oh, do you have um, you have Netflix, right? Yeah, yeah. So she's on a show currently called Daybreak. Okay. And that's, I don't know if you have that. I know I'm in Canada now, so I don't, I can't believe how different our Netflixes, Netflixes are, but the, um, yeah, like just the content is so different than the States. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we do have that. I haven't seen it, but I'll, um, I'll check that you out. Have to, you have to check out Daybreak. Okay. It's okay. Yeah. It's on, it's on the list. Yeah. Um, Okay, Kathleen from Australia um, asks, um, what was your favorite experience on the show? So I'm guessing it was like the pranks. But was there anything else that really like st- stood out as a special experience? Well, this is another example of, you know, the character sort of going comedic. But Moira and I spent a whole night, we shot all night up on a billboard um, when we were drawing a mustache on Dan's sign um, when he was running for mayor. And, you know, Moira and I had a lot of scenes together. Uh, leading up to that point, we had worked together a lot, but we had never done anything fun like that. You know, like, it ended up being sort of comedic. And that was one of my favorite nights. And just, you know, Moira and I together, as two girlfriends, we just had a great time. Um, so, you know, favorite experiences, I would say, that night working you know 7 p.m call and then working till the morning when the sun was coming up actually on a billboard it was a pretty cool night that's awesome uh april uh she asked a question but you've already answered it um but she also said that one of her favorite deb moments is when uh you sort of come home and nathan there's been like a big party at the house and nathan blames it on you he says that like you had done it (laughs) i don't know if you remember that I I have to binge this, but that's so funny. But it was what? Who? Why was there? Yeah, a party? it was. Remember? I can't remember the exact because it's much later on. But it was like you hadn't done any of it, but you came home and you were like, "Oh, did I leave the house like this before you went to rehab?" <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah, clean it up." And then it makes you clean it up, even oh, though you didn't so do it. That is so funny. I completely no, I completely forgot. Oh my god, you think you're gonna remember everything? You know, that's <laughs> well, terrible. I guess- I guess it's a very different experience, you know, being part of it, you know, from the inside, like seeing behind the curtain, it's different. It probably, you know, these things probably don't stick out the same way as someone viewing it, you know. It's crazy. You know, you spend so much time on the scenes, you know, you memorize it, you read it, you memorize it, you shoot it, you spend days shooting, you know, an entire scene. 
And then years later, you don't remember a certain scene, and you go, wow, that's crazy. You would think you would remember every single scene. And when I see it, I'll remember it. Yeah, yeah. So all the more reason. What's your, what's your name, Crystal? Who asked that question? Oh, uh, April. April. I am going to, because of you now, I am going to binge the entire show. And now you have a podcast to accompany it with. So I love it. I love that. <laughs> Uh, Deidre says, do you have a favorite character on the show that's not Deb, like someone other than Deb? I think it has to be Dan. Good. I mean, talk about, he, he was somehow able to pull off this, this horrible person and you love him and everybody was sad to see him go. I mean, absolutely the guy everybody loves to hate and he was just so believable and lovable and it's similar to what i'm playing right now um i think i can say this because i think they announced that i'm playing the mayor right okay everything sort of comes full circle and i'm not very nice but it's always so important to kind of show everybody where you're coming from and, and sort of give an excuse or a reason you why you are the way you are. And I think we all sort of understood possibly why Dan was the way he was. And I don't know, I just like, if I, if I could do One Tree Hill over again and play Dan, he would be my choice. <laughs> I love that. If there's, <laughs> if there's ever a reboot that goes on, then we're yeah. gonna petition for you to play Dan. I love I it. Love <clears throat> uh, Deidre also asks, how was it to reunite with Hillary and other cast members on uh, the Lifetime Christmas movie? Oh, it was so much fun. I got a DM. Like just, and I don't even check my DMs. As you know, I don't check my DMs very often. I check my texts every five minutes. But um, I got a DM from Hillary saying, hey, come join us. You know, in a couple weeks, we're going to be doing this movie. Come join us. And I DM'd her back and, she, you know, soon enough, I was just flying out to do a few scenes for her movie. And we just like, couldn't stop talking, catching up, catching up, catching up. She's one of my favorite people in the world and she's so impressive. I mean, she just does so much. She never stops working as an actress, but she's an advocate and she's a mom and she's an author and she's just a good person. Um, and she has all this charity work going and she's really incredible. She's she's the the woman who does it all. Um, it was it was just great, and she was just so gracious, so thankful that I'd come out. Like, of course, of course, I'm going to do this for you. Well, we uh, we haven't watched it yet, so we're going to watch that at Christmas uh, and oh, then cut and then cover it off. But I mean, um, I think what's like unique to One Tree Hill is that the cast are so. Uh, like special like phenomenal like the like the um, particularly like the female cast as well like uh, like yourself Sophia Bush Hillary Joy like all such um like strong uh, role models like of you know I'm not articulating it properly but no, you're doing a lot yeah doing a lot for charity yeah yeah strong women um I, you know, I follow them all. Thank God for social media because that's how I follow all of them and what they're doing. But, you know, it's hard for me to even keep up. I mean, they're just, Joy and Hillary, Sophia, come on. They're just like the power team. And I'm impressed by them all the time. 
Well, and it's it's so nice to have uh, like it's multi-layered One Tree Hill where you had like the the older characters um, and then you had the younger characters. But on all levels, uh, it was really powerful, like meaningful stories um, and yeah. relatable stories. Because like we often say One Tree Hill, it's not like there's supernatural elements to it. You're literally talking right. about a, a show that's based in like a in like a little town. Uh, yeah. So it's relatable, but it's uh, because of that, I think people get so invested, like you were saying, and they're invested in Deb's character progression. And it's, uh, you know, it can feel more honest, I think. It's so honest. And, you know, it's also just talking about um, those actresses as people. Um, it's so much fun now to see them going through as, you know, parents and, you know, they're married and, all the stuff that they're going through, what I was going through during One One Tree Hill, and I see, you know, it's their birthday, and oh, they're turning the age I was when I started One Tree Hill. If they were to go do a show, they would be playing the mom now. Right. You know, it's so funny, and it's see, it really, truly does seem like yesterday. I mean, obviously not because I can't remember every single scene, but it's it's crazy that so much time has passed. Uh, it's also I mean if if I was to try and remember something that I did like in my job from you know 10 years ago yeah. I, you know it wouldn't I mean obviously it's different when <laughs> it's very different sort of levels of yeah. uh memorable things I'm sure but uh <laughs> but, yeah. a sort of meeting you took or something <laughs> right exactly yeah it's not it's not quite as impressive but um <laughs> Alicia says, um, what was what was your first impression of Deb when you read the script uh, and found out about the role? And were you satisfied with the character's development, uh, you know, throughout of it? Well, like I said, when I first read her, I seriously immediately fell in love with her. I fell in love with the writing of the show. I was a big Dawson's Creek fan. Mm -hmm. and here's a little surreal kind of supernatural story. Um I was doing Honey, I Shrunk the Kids in Calgary. And someone had, I'm normally not into these things, but someone had recommended a psychic. Okay. Over the phone, psychic. Okay. Okay, a psychic over the phone. Okay, there's, a, there's 200 bucks down the drain. But you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to try it. And I remember lying in my office, lying on the ground, talking to this woman, thinking this is BS, but I'm just going to put everything into it. And she told me to write down my wishes. And the show was ending. One, um, Honey, I Shrink the Kids was ending. Where do, you, where do you see yourself? Now, this was before I was married, before I had kids, and then before I was going on to my next job. And I had written down, I want to work in a place like, I don't know, like we're Dawson's Creek films. And I wrote that down. I still have the little pieces of paper. And she said, where do you see yourself living? And I said, somewhere on the beach which I did during One Tree Hill. Um, do you see yourself married? Yes, I see myself getting married. Do you see yourself having kids? I see three girls. And I wrote all of those things down. And I see, um, I, I don't really wanna be the lead of a show. I wanna be like, you know, four, five, six, so that I have time to raise my kids. And I wrote all of those things down on these little pieces of paper. That's crazy. Bucks done. And as time went on, all those things happened. And the fact, the thing that was the freakiest, that, uh, you know, about the whole story was that Dawson's Creek, you know, the same location, 
some of the same people involved and playing the mom, like the mom on Dawson's Creek. So I don't even know what the question was you asked. I can't remember. I was like veering off, but that's anyway. That's, just... that's, did you keep her number at least? No, I didn't keep her number. That's the one thing I don't have. I have the little pieces of paper that I wrote out on my post-its. But yeah, or, you know, manifesting it. I wrote it down. No, I'm going to make it happen. You know, I believe in that as well. But um, yeah, I fell in love with the character and it did remind me of the writing from Dawson's Creek. Um, I thought the writing was just brilliant. And so, you know, the story, like I told you, you know, I just wouldn't give up. Um, if they were even remotely considering me, me for this role, I was gonna get on a plane and, you know, push myself in their faces and say, yeah, I'm the one. Wow, amazing. And that's so cool. You should frame that. And and to Matt, to Matt like the, the notes, I mean, and manifesting, sure, but I mean, to get three girls as well, that's crazy. Oh, that was insane. But I come from three girls, my family as well. We have three girls, so I thought, you know, that would be cool. We had a great life, so that's what I want to, and that's what happened. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. So, um, I mean, being part, being in Wilmington as well, I mean, it's like a massive part of the show. I mean, like it's like synonymous with it uh, and you get to go, you know, go back every now. I mean, obviously not at the moment, but for like conventions and things, oh, I mean, how do you enjoy that side of it? That, that this is a show that is not stopping. Like the fandom is continuing forever, probably. It's my heart. My best friends are still there. You know, usually you get your best friends when your kids are growing up. Um, you know, some of my best friends were handed to me because of my kids. You know, they're the parents of my kids' friends. We've stayed completely in touch and close, and we still travel together. Um, you know, I see everybody when I go back. I feel like I know more people in Wilmington than I do in Los Angeles. I, mean, I definitely know more people, and I got closer to more people there. I still see some of the drivers from the show. Um, and if you work in Atlanta, North Carolina, anywhere in the South, usually run into some of the crew um, who were around during One Tree Hill. So, yeah, I mean, it was the ultimate location to shoot a show. That's amazing. I mean, um, so Dom and I, we're obviously in here in the UK, but we're making it our finale that when we finish season nine, that we're going to go out to Wilmington because uh, we... I've had people from FWB on that, you know, run the charity events. Um, so we're going to go as press. Oh, good. Good, good. So hopefully, hopefully, you know, that's going to be in like 2025, but hopefully you may be there and then we can, uh, you know, meet you in real life. But, uh, cause you, 2025. Did you say why 2025? Yeah. Well, because uh, because we do these episodes one a week, so we won't be finished of season nine till 2025. So if, if we went before that, then Dom would probably get spoiled. Oh, my God. Okay. I feel like you have to go before that. I mean, I want to. I mean, if there's a way that we can do it without him getting spoiled, then... Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, uh, I, my wife and I just had a baby as well, so uh, oh, we probably need to... You. Yeah. Thank you. We just probably need to give him a little bit of time anyway. Yeah. But um, right. Dom Dom is here. So I'm going to let him in. So this is now the point where we can't do spoil. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Hi. Hi. How are you? you? I'm very well. Thank you. This is amazing. (laughs) 
Wait, so tell me what you've seen. Tell me at what point are you in the show? What's oh. happening right now? Oh, God, I need to try and remember. <laughs> it's uh, Dan is being super scheming again. So we, we've, we've, we've got through all of season one. We're now just, uh, just over the halfway point of season two. Uh, yeah. Debs is still a bit unsure what to do with Dan, I think. Um, and Dan is trying to play happy families. And uh, it, people are starting to realize that he's kind of going back to lying again and okay. playing, playing games and stuff. And Lucas is the one that's working it out. And it's all a bit, mm, what's what's happening here? It's all going to get a bit tense. Okay. okay. <laughs> you, gave, you just gave, you gave him the heart attack and didn't, uh, you didn't call 911. Oh, so... got it. Okay. Okay. But we're beyond, we're beyond that. You you were watching him struggle in, on the kitchen floor of the beach house. <laughs> At the beach house. Okay. Okay. Got it. You want, I'll tell you a funny story about shooting that day. Please. At the beach house. Um, my my little ones were out in the ocean that day swimming with my husband and right like right outside um the beach house we saw commotion we ambulance was coming up on the beach all this stuff was going on and we were wondering what was happening and somebody had been bitten by a shark like lost their leg or something wow and it was all happening right in front of us down in the down in the water like in real time, it was happening. And I knew my kids were swimming that day. So I'm trying to call my husband. I'm trying to call, where are the kids? Where are the kids? Get out of the water. Get out of the water. And he picks up and he says, hi. Oh, no. I, I No, the kids are out in the water right now. I can't talk. He said, no, they're way out there. And I said, get them out of the water. There's a shark out there and somebody just got bitten by a shark. And he starts laughing. He said, are you kidding me? Like, I knew that there was a shark out there and the kids aren't out there. <laughs> but um, whenever I think of the beach house, that's what I think about. They were fine. And the person who got bitten was fine. But, yeah, a little dicey there. <laughs> that is terrifying. Yeah. So what, what you're saying is the day that Dan had a heart attack, you almost had a heart attack I, in real life. Yes. <laughs> Well, can we can we take now now Dom's here? We can go back. So if we okay. go all the way back, what got you into acting in the first place? Like, where did it come from? Like, were you do, doing like plays in high school and things, or how how did it manifest? I was. I mean, it's something that I thought I always wanted to do, but so do a lot of kids think that they want to do that. Um, I have always been like this. You know, I get something on my mind, and I'm pretty stubborn. Um, but yeah, I mean, I did theater in grade school and junior high and high school. Um, I took voice lessons and dance and, you know, what kids do. Um, when I was in high school, I entered the Miss Illinois teen pageant. <laughs> and I sang for my talent. And one of the judges was uh, an agent in Chicago and called me and said, you know, I'm interested in signing you. And I started auditioning. Now, at the time, an actor in Chicago, it pretty much meant you did commercials, industrial films, and theater. Um, I did major in theater. I went, I went away to school and majored in theater. But at the same time, because I was going to school at Northern Illinois, which was only 45 minutes away, I was, started auditioning in Chicago. 
And I started landing roles and I joined Equity and did a lot of theater and little, you know, bit parts and whatever came into town. Um, and it was a great way to start as an actor because I just got a lot of experience and practice before I started landing larger roles in Los Angeles. I felt like I had a lot under my belt by the time I really had to, you know, play with the big boys in Los Angeles. So yeah, that's how it happened. And then I moved out, I did a couple pilot seasons, but they, we really don't have pilot season anymore, but there were pilot seasons where they would cast all the pilots. And um, I would go out for pilot season for a few months, come back, do theater, go back and forth, and then I just moved out permanently. The first, um, I'm pretty sure this is correct, the first professional job that I landed in Hollywood was Star Trek. <laughs> I, this Why is going to be my... Do that. Why did I know? This is going to be my question. I don't know, Simon. Do you know this? Mm -hmm. I was going oh, to bring sorry. it up. I was going to bring it up to uh, like blow your mind. Dom is a massive Trekkie. If you could, I somehow knew that. I don't know how I knew that. You could see it in his eyes, couldn't <laughs> yeah. you? It's there. It's, it's just there. Um, I, I, I can binge watch a series like like There's No Tomorrow, and uh, which I'm not allowed to do One Tree Hill. I have to watch it every week. Right, I know. And Is it uh, crazy though that you can only watch one at a time? A, li a little bit, but I'm actually enjoying it. I enjoy that. But with with Star Trek, so we've we've got a plan to do. We, we've started a, a Star Trek: The Next Generation podcast, and oh. uh, I, I got into a mode of just carry on watching just to get as much info back in my mind because it's it's a couple of seasons that I tend not to watch, and I came across Barbara Allen Woods. <laughs> I came across your episode and I was like, oh, oh no, <laughs> how is that possible? And I got extremely excited. Great. <laughs> what a great memory. Uh, Brent Spiner. Oh, he's just the best. I mean, you know, it was my first, my first job out the gate, you know, in, in LA. I'd worked, I'd done other things in Chicago, like I said, but small things. And he just made it so easy and he was so sweet um, and such a great actor. It was a great first job on the Paramount lot. I mean, it's just incredible. Fantastic. It's, really bridged, it's bridged both of our worlds. Mine and Simon's. <laughs> it's bridged both of our worlds. Oh, so yeah. Simon yeah. Love, absolutely adores One Tree Hill. And uh, oh. I, I'm becoming increasingly a bigger fan of the, of the oh, show. And I, I have it. no doubt Simon will love Star Trek by the end of our podcast. <laughs> What? How? Uh, that's amazing. I love that. Um, we have to talk about Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. So, Dom, I don't know if you're because Dom isn't able to look this stuff up because of spoilers and everything for oh, One Tree okay. Hill. Uh, but there was a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids TV show that did like over 60 episodes. Um, I am so upset that because I didn't know about this until literally just this week. Um, and I would, Dom and I, we're the same age. Uh, we would have been like 10 when that came out. And that would have been like complete perfect for me. Like That's I watched- Demographic, yeah. I watched the first episode um, and it's quite, I, I I loved it. It's the perfect like 90s, like so it's perfect. perfect right? I know. It, it's very unique, like in terms of it being like a 40, minute like disney channel uh episode like they don't normally and no laughter track or anything like that um i mean what was your experience on it 
It was done so well. And, you know, and they really put a lot into that. Um, and it was Peter Scolari, come on. You know, he's a comic genius. Um, I was always a fan of Peter's, um, you know, previous shows that he had done before I ever met him. A big fan. So I was thrilled when I found out that they had cast him in the lead. Um, and, you know, it was working in Calgary. It was just, it was, it was a big show. It was, you know... It was the Disney Channel, and I think toward the end, so it was after we were completely done, Disney Channel wasn't really on the map yet. I think High School Musical sort of put them on the map, and it became sort of mainstream, and everybody had Disney Channel. Um, so I think that if, if Honey, I Shrink the Kids had happened maybe a few years later, it would have been a lot bigger than it was. Um, but I still have a lot of people reaching out to me about Honey, I Shrink the Kids. Um, and I think it does still stream in the States. I think it's on Hulu. Um, and I think it holds up. I mean, it looks a little bit dated with hair and wardrobe and everything, but I think it holds up. I mean, even the effects. I, I really liked it. It's the perfect thing for when my son gets like old enough. That's what I will make sure he watches. So he gets like that proper 90s, you know, yes. rather than some of the newer stuff. Yes. Um, but I, I was reading online this might be going a little bit too in depth here, but because uh, I was trying to find it on Disney Plus because I thought it would be on there, but it's not on there because of some sort of copyright thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was really surprised that it's not. But, but where, people, where did you find it then? Uh, you can buy it on Amazon, like Amazon oh, Prime. Uh, so I like bought the first episode and then, but I'm. I like to have the actual, I'm like one of these old school people that likes to have the box set, but the box set doesn't exist. I We're going to work it out though. I'm in the forums. Don't worry. The box, the box set has to exist. I couldn't find it. I mean, mate, like on, on, here's a good question. Here's a good question, Barbara. I've always wanted to know when you're in a show like, like honey, I shrunk the kids before, like, you know, when you were filming it, do they give you the tapes afterwards so that you can have a copy? Funny that you ask, but back in the day, um, I would always have that written into my contract that after we're when, once it's, they won't give it to you in advance, but once it's aired that they give me a copy of it. Um, Actors always like to have demo reels of all the work you've done, and it's so hard to just track these things down sometimes. Um, you have to go to services and pay a lot of money to get like the actual, the actual episode, and sometimes they're not even allowed to give you the entire episode, so they have to give it to you kind of cut down. And so I always had it written into my, um, my contract that I get every single episode. So I have all of these One Tree Hill you know, VHS tapes. Um, it's easy to get the One Tree Hill DVDs uh, the whole library, but I have all of the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids on VHS. That's awesome. Oh, that so dates me. Don't <laughs> no, not at all, not at <laughs> all. But don't please never get rid of those. You have to oh, keep I them. Never. I would never. Yeah, I'll send them to you if anything. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. <laughs> that's that's his dream. That's what he's getting at here. <laughs> what I have you got? Still, I still have a VH. I still have my VHS player. I still have everything hooked up to my TV at home. I, I like to tapes in sometimes. I love that, Dom. Go. I can see it. I just, I wanted to say, um, seeing you in that episode of Star Trek and seeing you in One Tree Hill, Barbara, you don't look any different. You look fantastic. <laughs> 
what? You have to say that. You have. I, I, to I don't. <laughs> I didn't say it to Paul. <laughs> <laughs> he does look different, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much. I had kids later in life, so I think they kept me young. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, um, so Les, if we could talk about what you're doing now. So uh, it's been announced. So you're in, uh, they're doing a, an iteration of Chucky, but as a TV show, right? Yes, they are. And, um, and Devin Sow is in it. I just have to throw that in. Dom, Devin Sow is in it. Yes, I just worked with him um, Friday night. He's so much fun. Um, I don't know how much I can say about the actual, um, you know, storyline or anything, but I do play the mayor. I'm quite proud of that. Um, and Olivia, my daughter, is playing my daughter. And oh, we're wow. the uh, mean girls of the show. Did, did you see? That's awesome. I can't wait to watch it. Do, do you know where it is? It going to be out? Is it like a Netflix thing? Because I know they the sci-fi and USA. Um, so Universal is producing it um, and it will air on USA. So it won't be it'll be I believe I'm not sure. I think it's going to be episode by episode. That's cool. I mean, the reason that the only reason I say that is because there, they, there was a new Chucky film uh like last year or the year before that was uh on netflix and uh my wife and i watched it and it was really good i really liked it yeah the new one is really good and you know i had never seen all the chuckies from beginning to end which is odd because our family just watches everything horror um i don't know how i missed all the chucky movies but i did so when ali and i were both cast in this we just sat down during quarantine in canada and they take that very seriously we never left the house um we watched, you know, from beginning to end. And, you know, there is such a following for Chucky. I never knew. I mean, it's not just horror fans, it's Chucky fans. I mean, it's crazy. Um, because now I follow Chucky, I follow, you know, the whole thing. And the origin of him, you know, like where, you'll learn a lot more about Chucky, let me tell you that, uh, during this show. You'll learn about where he came from and, the reasons he does what he does and you'll understand him a little bit more awesome can't wait (laughs) yeah it's fun it's so much fun i mean it's fun to you know i've i've worked with my daughters in the past but never on something so long term um and also we're out of the country together so we have you know our little pod it's you know covid so we can't really go out much so it's just you know the two of us um so we just like hang out at home we do zooms and we go to work and we're having a great time have your your daughters kind of seen your like career path and all the different things that you've done and they've enjoyed that wanted to do it or have you helped them kind of push them in that wing and this is really fun well it was really you know when after one tree hill um and the show ended it was prime time for all of us to book new jobs because the show was such such a success and you know we had a lot of people reaching out you know whatever projects um but by then my daughters were already working and i was you know determined if i could to stay with them as as much as i could while they were working it was just important for me that they learn set etiquette and that it, i didn't send them to a coach that i coached them 
and that I was extremely hands-on and I mean a hundred percent and so because of that I had to turn down a lot of work myself and like mothers and fathers do I just sort of you know committed to them as long as they wanted to pursue this and they just kept getting more successful so I sort of kept pushing my stuff away I was able to squeeze in some things here and there, but I couldn't commit to anything long-term. And so when this came up, now my other two are off doing things by themselves because they're of that age. And now Allie's 13 needs me a little bit less. Um, and when they offered me this role, it was just the perfect situation where I can be here with her and I can work full-time. And I'm just thrilled to be on a show again and thrilled I don't know if you know who Don Mancini is, but he's our showrunner and he created Chucky and he's running everything here and he has so much passion for the project and Zooms with us. That's, we just got off the phone with him. Um, it's, just, it's just great. It's a great group of people. I love the horror genre. My character is a little comedic, like I was saying, I love it. And it's just the perfect opportunity. And has, uh, how has it been in like a post-COVID world um, to work? Like, is that... Really, you know, I had I had already heard from my daughters because both of my daughters are working on a shows. So they said, you know, it's pretty crazy. Um, it's, it's, it's very impersonal. You know, like I said, you know, we would have people over all the time and on weekends you hang out with the people who are on location with you and we can't do that now. Um, so, and then when you're on set, everybody has the shields and the masks. So it's really hard to communicate in any way. When the director comes up to you, he can't get within six feet. So he's sort of shouting his directions to you. So, you know, some of the, I don't know, the one-on-one -on -one has gone away, but you know, we've been on set several days and it's still, oh, the cast chairs, they set the cast chairs six feet apart. So when you go back, you know, just having some water and just like hanging out between scenes, you can't even really hang out then. Mm. They're just keeping, we wear little watches that if you get too close, it beeps to tell oh, wow. you you're getting too close. I mean, they're very serious about it. But then again, you feel very safe. And Toronto's getting worse. So Canada is sort of worse than it was when we got here. Um, so they're being extra careful. Um, but I got my vaccine today. Hey. Have oh, you excellent. guys gotten yours? No. Yeah, it's young. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think they're they're what are they up to, Dom? Like four, 45, I think. They're they're in the the forties bracket. Yeah. So we're we're in a couple of months, I think. We'll yeah, be... yeah. Well, you know, I, I wouldn't have been so anxious to get it if it hadn't been, you know, I'm on set with so many people and with extras and we're all getting tested. But at some point you take your mask off to shoot and here you are feeling so vulnerable because you're not used to being in public with your mask off. Mm. You know, I'm sitting talking to Michael who plays my husband like right here and we see each other's eyes and it's just so scary because for a year you haven't done that with anybody. It's you know, bizarre. It's really funny. So my, uh, my wife and I went out today and we took our, our son for the first time to a restaurant or to like an outdoor pub bit yeah. and uh it's all he was asleep it's all fine like in the pram it's all table service and the the guy came up to take our order and he sort of crouched by the table 
and uh and my drink was right there <laughs> and like just and i was like moving it just over here okay it's uh, unusual, isn't it it's crazy we're gonna we're all going to be germaphobes for the rest of our lives for sure mm-hmm. even if they clear all and i already was a little bit of a germaphobe um but it, you know it's for the rest of our lives at least this generation whoever's alive right now will always be thinking this like stay away stay away stay away don't get too close scarring well yeah. i i have a really important question for you this one okay. this is maybe one of the most important questions we've ever asked anyone okay, okay. season two chad michael murray he's got a shaved head now okay he comes back and for some reason he keeps wearing sandals wearing sa- open toe yeah. sandals and me and dom have been having this ongoing debate as to whether <laughs> did chad michael murray choose this as his own footwear or did wardrobe tell him that he should wear them so did you get to your own... yeah 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 that's what they are i have a feeling that birkenstocks were just really in wasn't there a phase there was i think that they were if i had to guess it was chad's choice <laughs> That's what I said. But I don't know for sure. But if I had to wager, I would think it was Chad's choice. You know, Craig, Sheffer. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my God. I can't think of his name. I can't think of the character's name. Oh, Keith. Uh, Keith. Keith, Keith, Keith. Okay, <laughs> so Craig, um, he just was really into... I guess it would be, I don't know, the 80s. I think he was just into that fashion. And so he he always came to set with in his 80s jeans, his scarves. Anything you see Craig wearing, Keith, was Craig's choice. Everything. <laughs> he drove wardrobe crazy. I mean, he would just say, no, no, this is what I'm wearing. And my character is stuck in this period of time, but really it was him. And this is what I'm wearing. It's the way it is. But if I had to guess, Birkenstocks were probably in at the time. I remember a short period of time where I thought Birkenstocks were guys, uh, but they were in. And I have a feeling, if I had to guess, that it was his choice. But I don't know. Told you, Dom. Told it's you. so disappointing to me. So disappointing to me because I see him wearing these, what I call flip-flops, essentially, and such long jeans. And it looks so uncomfortable. I think there's no way he picked that. That must be a wardrobe choice. <laughs> Barbara, did you ask him that? I'll have to ask him that. Please do. I mean, what did did you did you get to choose your own footwear for Deb, or did they tell you for footwear? I was very opinionated on my uh, footwear. I mean, they got it for me, but I like wearing heels. I don't like wearing flat shoes in anything. I mean, I could be playing like a nurse, and I want to be in heels. I always want heels. I just like the way I stand when I'm wearing heels, and so. Yeah, I mean, heels or platforms or something that just gives me height. Um, so I had a lot of say in it, but they brought the shoes for me. I just have a feeling. That's so interesting. <laughs> Funny enough, the like Deb's wardrobe isn't something that um, sticks out for me. And if it sticks out for me, it's normally a negative thing. So with, with Karen, Moira Kelly, she, uh-huh. she's always rocking the double denim. And I always comment, oh, look, look at the double denim. Um, <laughs> Chad's outfits, I always always have something to say about them uh, and so on and so forth. But but Deb, you like the way you portray Deb and the way Deb comes across, it's almost like 
don't need that. It's, it's not it's not something that comes into my my mind because of the the impact that you're having on screen anyway. So when when Deb first arrives, so I I have to make sort of predictions as the seasons go along and as the episodes go along. And right at the beginning of season one, I'm like, maybe Nathan doesn't have a mum. Maybe it's all like she'll never appear. And then yeah. all of a sudden, you're there. And yeah. it's like that that was like boom, like in your face. And it's such impact. And you're very the way the way you deliver lines and everything and just from everything you do stands out so well. It's like it's almost like the outfit doesn't matter. But the outfit did matter at first. I hated my wardrobe at the beginning. <laughs> like those um tan pleated pants that were a little bit, you know, they were nice, but you know, like something from Ann Taylor. I don't know. Do you guys have Ann Taylor? I think we do. That yeah, sounds familiar. So. A businesswoman store. Yeah. And let me tell you something, and I hope I'm not giving any, but her wardrobe gets much better. Deb's wardrobe gets a lot better as time goes on. And are we, are we saying that's down to you making those choices? I had, a little, I had a little something to say about it, yes. There's there's a definite shift change from, from season one to two. You can definitely see that, or even though we're only halfway through. For everybody. I mean, I think that is the case with any show. Um, and even the show we're working on now, I think we're on episode three and it takes a while for people to get in the groove and, oh God, you know, you see an episode, you see like you go in and you're looping something and you see yourself on screen and you go, wow, that blue eyeshadow doesn't work. We better not do that anymore. And then people just start looking better. You know, the, the characters are sort of sculpted, um, and you know what works and what doesn't work. And by the time season two comes around, people are looking better. <laughs> you know, like, let's make some changes here. Is there any, any costume that you went, I, I pretty much picked it, I'm going to keep it, and you've just kept it? I was saying, before you came on, I kept my favorite dub jeans. Oh, nice. <laughs> and um, in, right inside the, the, um, the waistband, it still says dub. They wrote, oh. every, we all wore jeans and we're all like the same size. And so she would write our names inside and they say Deb. And I love that when I put them on oh, my Deb jeans. Just in case Craig yeah. Sheffer took them. <laughs> yeah. do, do you have, um, <clears throat> this is sort of off topic, <clears throat> oh, sorry, of One Tree Hill. But what, what would you say your top five favorite TV shows are of all time? Ooh, of all time. Wow. In no, oh, in no order. Okay, this is really cheesy, but this is reality TV. That's fine. Um, my girls and I love to watch The Bachelor. Okay. And I'm not saying it's the best show of all time. It might be the worst. But just from my heart, wherever we are in the world, we always get together and watch The Bachelor together. Nice. And we've been doing that since, you know, since it's, what are they on, like the 84th episode or whatever season. Um, so we've always done that together. So that's definitely one. Um, I always loved Desperate Housewives. Um, I just appreciated that it was, you know, this female-driven show, and it was my dream to be on it. And so I it was season six or something, I think I came home for the summer and got an audition for desperate housewives and just landed a guest star role on that and that was absolutely a dream see <laughs> manifested put it out there yeah um we we just 
binged Bridgerton, and my daughter and I were crazy. I'm not saying that these are my favorite of all time, but I'll have to say Gilligan's Island. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just three o'clock every day, weekdays, I would watch Gilligan's Island. <laughs> um, but my favorite of all time is the Dick Van Dyke show. Oh, wow. Absolutely. I had all of the episodes on VHS and two of my favorite actors, comedic actors of all time, Mary Tyler Moore and Dick Van Dyke. Um, and then the Mary Tyler Moore show. So 70s TV, 70s sitcoms, um, there's just nothing better than that. And then the other question we always ask, we ask people now is what's your favorite bad movie like a movie that is terrible and people everyone knows that it's bad but you still love it anyway um wow uh i I don't know if everybody knows this is bad but i hear bad things about it but it might be my favorite movie of all time is this a star is born not the new one but the the one 1980 i think it is Chris mm-hmm. Christopherson, Barbara Streisand. Have you seen mo- it? Yeah, it's a great movie, yeah. You think it's a great movie? Yeah, I like both versions, yeah. Oh, critically, <laughs> I mean, you hate it. My opinion means nothing, though. So. I haven't seen either, unfortunately. Oh, you haven't? Okay, <laughs> no. because people make fun of me that that's one of my favorite movies, but, you know, people say it was pretty bad, but I absolutely loved it. Dom, Dom wouldn't, Dom has a thing where his, uh, he has no soul or any heart, so he doesn't cry at anything. So that would be, uh, it'd be wasted on him. He'd probably oh laugh if anything. Sick, Dom. Oh, <laughs> heart and soul, we're binging Shit's Creek right now. And we are so late to the party, but oh my God, geniuses. Have you guys seen it? seen bits of it it's um it's got from uh home alone i've forgotten her name oh Catherine o'hara yeah 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 yeah. unbelievable one of the best performances i've ever seen so good wow okay that has to be up that has to be up there too okay excellent that's on the list it's on the it's on the netflix list have you seen daybreak dom no it's on the list Daybreak. You've got to see everything my daughters have done now. You have to promise me. <laughs> I'm already to, doing it. Dom, need to stop need... watching Star Trek: The Next Generation, and which I've all seen before. And Dom, you need to watch Big Sky on Disney Plus. Barbara's daughter is one of the leads in it. Coincidentally, is oh, in. <laughs> Barbara, you have, not that you knew, but you're on our whale list. Um, so we have a list of what we call whales, which the, the, the craziest people that we could have on the podcast are the whales. So like you, Paul Johansson, Chad Michael, Murray, Sophia Bush. And uh, it's been a massive honor to, uh, to have you. It's like our dream list. So, um, so thank so you. Great. That's so great. Well, it's it's beyond amazing that uh, that we've you know that you've we've had your time. So thank you so much for. Can I get a picture of us here? Smile. Ready? Smile. There we go. Can I post this? Uh, Please do. Please do. Yeah. (laughs) The dolphin. The dolphin got in. This is this dolphin is becoming podcast famous. Oh, there's a toy dolphin that's always in my room. 
It's in there. <laughs> yeah, if you guys can text me all of your, your social media stuff, that'd be great. So I can tag you on this. Oh, that'd be amazing. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you so much. And thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, it was so great talking to you. And thank you for doing this. And I don't know how, I don't know if Paul is like, is he watching with you guys? Is he like, he uh well it started with it actually started as kind of like a joke like you you said about manifesting i um i just said to dom i said we're gonna get paul johansson on the podcast because we were talking about how he's such an amazing tv villain maybe the best tv villain of all time yeah and then i just i messaged him and tagged him in some things and he just yeah came straight on Uh, and then i asked him if he would reach out to you or pass the, our message on to you, which he did, which was amazing. And yeah. it's all kind of just coming together, but um, we're trying to organize some thing. Yeah. We want to organize more things. I mean, our goal is to try and get all of the main cast on our podcast over the run of uh, our podcast. Um, but when you're, when you're watching, do you watch live with the other, with the fans? Yeah, yeah, we watch with our listeners. Yeah, like on Zoom. Watch with them. Is Paul watching with you sometimes? Not, not yet. Uh, we would like to do that. If you would like to do that, I mean, Barbara. if you ever want to do that, I don't know. You know what? If it's not three o'clock in the morning for me, I mean, if there's ever <laughs> time you want to do that, I mean, I think that would be fun. Um, technically, I would have to have my daughter help me figure it out, but yeah, that would be fun. Our listeners would their our brains would explode, uh, but they oh. it's. It, we just do it on Zoom, so we're able to just put. We just play the the thing here, and then everyone's just in, you know, on the side, and then we pause it every like ten minutes and say, "What did everyone think?" Oh my god, that would be so much fun! Find an episode that is like heavy Deb, or you know, make sure it's an episode I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> that would help. That would... Um, yeah, let me know. That would be fun. That would be absolutely amazing. I mean, thank you so much. I mean, we, we just do this uh, as a hobby, as fans. And to be able to have this interaction with you uh, is uh, mind-blowing. It's amazing. Well, you guys are keeping the show alive, and that means the world to everybody on the show. This is not one of these shows where we want to, like, oh, let's forget we never did it. We're all really proud of it. So, you know, you guys are, like, helping keep it alive, and we appreciate you. Wow. Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, good luck with everything out there. Um, and I can't wait to watch it. I'm sure Dom, you know, feels the same way. Um, well, let me know. But let me know what you think of everything. Um, and I can't wait to see what you think of the show. Uh, 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 thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it, it's fantastic. And I know that I, I'm only allowed to come in halfway through because um, everything's a, a big mystery to me. Um, I know. But, it means so much sort of getting the opportunity to talk to you. Thank you so much. And, and when we get to season two, episode six of Star Trek The Next Generation, if you fancy joining us on that, that would be fantastic. That would be fun too. I would love it. Yeah. There we go. Thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Stay safe. Bye. 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 Bye.